This is the Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Let's go nuts! It's Jimmy Nuts! Right out of the door! With your host, Mark Martinez. Because I'm the Mark. And I'm awesome! The Guru. Today I'm going to break it down for all you simpleton sweat hogs listening out there in Can Crusher Nation. I don't mean to come out here week after week and toot my own horn, but toot, toot. And the English Professor. It is I, the English Professor from the County of Kings, speaking the English of the Queen. Hey, this is former WWE superstar Duke, the Dumpster Drossy, and you are listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. Thank you for returning to Can Crushers. It's one of those days where electronics are not working on anybody's part, but I am the host, Mark Martinez. In studio with me is Chad the Guru, sitting in his luxury office on a weekend on a Sunday morning is the English professor, John. How are we doing, man? I'm doing okay. I got my secretary working on a Sunday, too. Yeah, his, my, his uh, dick move. Electronics manager, actually, is what I should call yeah, it. His, his IP person, he's forking over that, you know, double overtime. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she's also your cook, too, right? <clears throat> yeah. Your maid. Your wife, and I love her. Your butler, chauffeur. Yeah, I'm a, I said I said off air. I'm a dick. I'm helpless. I'm I'm in the mood to be a dick today, and there's no alcohol involved. This is a morning show with all the wrestling that went on over the weekend. Uh, we just couldn't do it right without doing it in a morning show. So no alcohol. And I'm all right with that. It's yeah. we, we need a break. You need a break. I, I do need a break. I've not had anything to drink all week though either. So, I'm doing real well. Well, it's good that you're not drinking. I mean, we were getting a little bit worried about you. We, You know, you were you were kind of falling between the Jack Pollock and Chris LaRusso of drinking. I was not falling asleep during the show. I'll tell you that. Oh, okay. Uh, Big News IWC is happening this Saturday. It is called Feature Presentation. Um, Can Crushers will be there, so... Uh, more on that on Wednesday, as we have a very special guest coming up on the Wednesday Spotlight Show to talk about the IWC event and his career, but what else do you guys have going on? Anything? Anything big? Did you uh, cut the grass this week or anything? Nope. I'm, I'm on the way to Maine for bear hunt next week, so as we talked, I'll, you know, be uh, checking in from beautiful Eagle Lake, Maine, on Skype and doing the show from there. That's impressive. I'm, I'm jealous. It's a beautiful place. Very beautiful place. Uh, I don't know if this is the time to mention it, but um, I'm listed as an associate editor on the uh, LJN book that I mentioned um, a couple times on the show that I proofread my buddy in Australia. So I'll be listed, the English professor will be listed as an editor. I'm getting her name out everywhere, Chad and Mark. I'm getting her name out across the world. What, what are you guys doing? Now, now, hold on. Yeah, now, now, hold on. 
Now, is this actually going to be in black and white or color print? I mean, this isn't going to be another I was at WrestleMania 1 thing? Yeah. It'll be in color. Oh, okay. WrestleMania 1, and, and I am an associate editor. Okay. Okay, so you... can't you, take those things away from me. So you, you went to Australia to, to do this. This is great. Um, by myself, I had an England... I had someone from England on. Chad and I has had somebody from Israel on. So you're not the only one taking steps across water. You're not... Jesus Christ, you're not, you're not the only, by yourself. You're not the only one broadening your horizons. I don't want to get into a pissing contest. <laughs> well, we are. So we're already there. <clears throat> I went to another hemisphere where the toilet water swirls the other way. I'm just saying. That is a good point. All right, well, Thank all right, you. touche. Does it really turn the other way? That's yeah, a- you know, I asked someone in Australia one time if it does swirl the other way, and they said yes. The other, that's but do they true. know? But do they know it spins our way here? Have they been here to see both ways of water spins, or is it I, just? Yeah. So he'll. Find... I had an American. I, I, my wife has an American friend, and I have an American friend who moved to Australia, and both confirmed that it swirls the other way in Australia. So he can find out about the way shit water swirls. But he can't find out about about Australian rules tag team matches, or how to turn a computer on, which is something he should have been doing since high school. Thirty plus years, bro, you still can't turn a computer on. Anyway, anyway, now that we've buried him, uh, let's go to AEW first and kind of trickle down, just covering all of them. Uh, AEW from last. Night was, I thought, phenomenal. Uh, I like the way it started. First of all, they said 6 o'clock, and it's not AEW's fault, but John and I were having some discussions about this. This is what, and I'm going to steal what you said. This is why hockey and basketball are just too long. 25 seconds left in the game, and it took about 25 minutes. Each team had 17 timeouts to use. There was more fouls in a point one second than there was any. It was just so long. It was excruciating. It was bad. So wrestling did finally start at like 6.30. It was a half an hour late, so they did give us the two hours. I was worried if it was going to be joined in action or smushed, but they gave us the full two hours. Yeah, that was great to see. This was kind of an old school feel, like wrestling is preempted by a dog and pony show or a Braves game going over. Um, it was still fun, like the anticipation of waiting for wrestling. And then, not to jump ahead, but you told me NXT was starting at 9. I guess you read on Bleacher Report. And I'm like, well, let me just check my phone. Um, and it was actually starting at 7. So we missed the first match. We had both going at the same time. Then we went back and watched NXT. Um, it was a lot of fun. We surra- my son and I were surrounded by wrestling. It, it felt like the old days, Mark. Yeah. I was surrounded by my wife playing TikTok. Um, oh, man. Nonetheless. I, I did get a TikTok account, yeah. though, too, before, because I'm just going to make fun of myself on TikTok. But, all right. FTR against Private Party, and uh, Telly Blanchard bringing back the Bobby the Brain Heenan jacket. I love it. I love this whole thing, FTR with uh, Telly. 
So this kind of caught me off guard a little bit that they uh, pulled the trigger on this. Is he going to be more active than he was with, you know, Sean Spears? I'd have to say, yeah. And then, you know, with what we'll talk later in the show, are we going to have something go on with Arn and Cody? This was an interesting show. I I liked it. Yeah. I love this tag team match, man. It was an old school tag team feel. I like the story they told of both teams trying to keep a fresh man in the ring, like constant tags, but each team tried to prevent the other team's tags. So you see like guys in a tug of war with each other's arms trying to reach their partners for a tag. Um, FTR, they are their own team. They've made their own thumbprint, whatever, paved their own way. Um, but this reminded me of a Tully and Arn match in that they find a way to win. Not really too much cheating, you know, if, if Barry Windham's going to turn on Luger, well, then Arn and Tully will take the win. Or if San, or, uh, Mark Tully's going to turn on Santana, well, that's just how it is. Arn and Tully are going to take the win. Not that anybody turned on anybody, but just situations presented themselves where FTR found a way to win. And it wasn't so much cheating as Tully kind of shouting a heads up and maybe pulling Harwood out of the way of that high-risk move at the end. And that just kind of set up a double-team impact, high-impact move at the end, the Goodnight Express. And it was great to see a 1-2-3 off a basic double-team move. Devastating move that should put guys out of commission. It was nice to see a 1-2-3 off of a move like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Moving ahead, we have Moxley's promo. Man, this promo got me pumped. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for September 5th All Out. I can't wait to watch that. Mox just, he was ruthless in this promo. Yeah, I hope he's not done after 18 months, like you said. He said he wants MJF to be the future uh, of this company for the next 25 years because he doesn't think he has 18 months left. I hope that's not the case. But I love how this character is just always, like, boiling beneath the surface, like ready to blow. We saw a little bit of that in WWE, but I'm sure he was I'm toned not sure down. He was there, toned down. I believe he was toned down. I believe he was toned down. And let's not lose focus of the MJF promo. Too. We're that not was... there yet. We're not there okay. yet. Yeah, Relax. But the, this was a great promo. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Moxley's always had, always had the voice um, kind of, like you guys said, he, he was toned down in WWE just because, you know, Vince wanted to be Vince and that. But he's he's one of the best in the business today. Is he a Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair technical wrestler? No, but he can have any kind of match with anybody. And that's what makes him as good as he is. And on the mic, yeah, he's, he's one of the top five in the business on the mic. Coming to the top number one, the top of the top, in the business right now, MJF, he's sitting in his control room, he's got his neck braces on, he uh, says Moxley has homicidal mannerisms, he's called him a maniac, I, I, I don't know, he got 5 million people to sign the petition to get rid of the paradigm shift, or the double arm DDT, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's going to be banned during this match if Moxley signs this con. Why would Moxley sign this contract? That's the only reason why it could be banned if Moxley signs the contract. 
you know Moxley's going to sign it and beat him with something else. Come on. Or not beat him. But if you get a petition, Chad, I'm going to petition you not to drink Gatorade anymore. Why do you need to sign that? There's five million people backing me up. So I don't understand that. Uh, is that the way petitions work? Am I a minor in this whole thing not understanding them? Well, no. The petition is almost like a suggestion. You don't have to obey it. And Moxley doesn't have to sign this contract. I don't know why he would agree to defend his title under these circumstances. Right. Without his, his finishing move. I don't get it. This is only, you know, it, I, I wish I could see them playing it this way. to be freaking great. The only way that Moxley would sign this is if MJF would do something really Dastardly. that bad. Like, oh, I don't know drag Renee Young out on TV next week by her hair or something like that and then Moxley would sign it. But again, that's this is Bobby Heenan Gorilla Monsoon you know, tight humor going back and forth and way of looking at things. It makes absolutely no sense for him to do it. So it's He's gonna do it. It makes absolute perfect sense for, you know, MJF to suggest it. And he is such Say, we say it. He is such a dick. I mean, he is he is taking the level up there. Screw Vince McMahon and his genetic jackhammer comments. You got fucking MJF up there. He's like you know the Mount Rushmore of dicks. He's right there. Oh. Uh yeah, <laughs> never mind. We'll stay away from that one because it was way easy of a joke there. A uh, subtle thing that I saw during this because I'm listening to MJF and actually this was one that I went back and watched again because I was recording it as well. I, what's her name? Irene, uh, whatever, the girl. Nina. 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 Oh, we should know that. You have a, a niece. Yeah, Nina, like is, niece. Nina yeah. is in the back smiling the whole time. And then she kind of is like, you see her face kind of go down to like, this sucks. Oh, well, I had to bring her smile back again. And you can see that it's a forced <laughs> smile. She's doing a great job. She really is. It's awesome. Yep. It's so much fun. They told her she needs to smile more. Um, one thing the lawyer mentioned, you know, we talked about this paradigm shift, also known as the double arm DDT. I'm out for a second. Who else maybe thought, oh my god, is he going to say, and then he said the double arm DDT. I thought he was going to say Dirty Deeds. They they drop little teasers on AEW once in a while, like they're, they're mentioning another promotion. They, they've brought back the big no-no of mentioning other promotions, and then they kind of dangle that carrot a little bit. So when he said it, it's also known as, I thought, holy shit, is he going to say the the um, dirty deeds, but then he said the double arm DDT. They made reference. Nice tease right there. I can't, I can't remember where it is. Maybe it's in the, the Jericho thing. I'm not skipping ahead of my notes, but they make reference to WWE like two more times uh, on tonight's show, which was last night, which was this week's show. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, right. but right. Um, <laughs> because the basketball game from Monday on TNT just finished right. Friday morning. Right. Um, this is where I loved AEW for the stories this week. The in-ring stuff was kind of annoying to me. Too many multi-person matches. 
We have coming up an eight-man match, then we have a six-man match, and we have a 27-and-a-half-person match, and then we go back to... Can we have a goddamn one-on-one match? Once. We've had tag team appreciation now for the last six weeks. We, we say that we love their tag team world, but uh, can, can the Butcher fight somebody by himself? Or just a normal tag team do match? You, do you think that they're taking... They're kind of saving the singles matches and that... Uh, so much to build up to their pay-per-views or their events is kind of, I don't want to say the blow-off match because not necessarily that, but, oh, we're going to feature Wardlow and MJF against, you know, Marco Stunt and whoever, and it's going to build to a Wardlow-MJF match at a pay-per-view. I think that's what they're doing. They're taking the the thing too far they're having too many of them. They're entertaining. They're serving their purpose. But right. you kind of want to even have a have a teaser of a MJF and Moxley match and have it last 30 seconds and be thrown out because a fucking dork order and hey, whoever else runs in. We'll get in. there. Do you want to talk about this match, John? Because we, I, I really, the yeah. only thing I want to talk about is the ending. That's it. The ending was interesting. I, I like this match as far as eight-man tag team AEW matches go. I like Luchasaurus. Wouldn't, typically, I'm not a fan of these sorts of things, but this was a little toned down. I like Luchasaurus coming in and cleaning house with big power moves and power strikes. That's his forte. As a giant, I don't need him. He did like a standing moonsault in the middle of the ring, but I don't need him flying all around. Get in there, kick people, choke, slam people, punch people in the face. That's what I want to see. Dustin continues to defy time. That Canadian destroyer looked rough, though. It looked bad. Um, Not rough, bad. Yeah. Yeah. I I like this match overall, but there's still, to me, a sense, and I'm sure, I, I believe you guys will agree, a sense of guys waiting to do their stuff or waiting for the other guy's stuff to be done to them. It just looks too choreographed for me. Jungle Boy missed a nosedive out of the ring that was sold that he connected. I think it was Pentagon jumped. He did a an MC Hammer dance on the top rope. <laughs> and I can't tell you what the move was. Do the goddamn move. It's someone aside from it looking unrealistic, someone is going to get hurt. It was a better match than I had hoped, but there were still times I could have counted to 50 with all the people in the ring. You can't touch this. And I lost <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, so I don't even remember who gets the win. Uh, Jungle Boy rolls up late to get the win because there was some altercations between the Butcher and uh, Pentagon Jr. of who wanted to do the pile driver and who wanted to spike, so they couldn't decide just do it you're on the same team at this point yeah. just take the I, I win think blade. i think blade had somebody up for the pile driver no, i'm sorry pentagon did and blade climbed the top rope you guys didn't talk about like hey if we find ourselves in a, in a situation of a spike pile driver let's do the spike pile driver i just didn't get what why they argued I, I didn't get why they got into a fight. Maybe because he didn't do the Sierra Diero with them before they did uh, the spike. Because he, yeah. wanted, you know, 
Pentagon did it, and clearly Blade did not, because he's he not... your back. Right. Well, the Butcher and the Blade have lost their focus since the bunny left them, yeah. so they're we'll get, just... We'll get yeah. on that, too. Uh, they take the loss... And they're, they're kind of verbally having an altercation. And then out comes Eddie Kingston. And I'm like, what's going to go on here? And I love this. I love this. And I think you saw the end. Um, I think Eddie's going to screw them all over. I really do. He's setting them all up to just bring them down. Because he got a big hug at the end. He told them how they all sucked and how they all had to come back together. But then as this segment was going off, he looks right at the camera and winks. And the camera was right on him like the whole WCW from Bret Hart. So he knew it was going to be there. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't I didn't interpret it that way, but I hope not. I think it would be a cool faction if they stuck together. But- there's been, now there's been rumors floating around a couple of the wrestling websites that um, Homicide and Hernandez are possibly on their way for uh, appearances in AEW. I wonder if Kingston has something, if they're going to have something go on with there. That would be great. Uh, Britt is in the gym, not working out, but just getting ready for her match against Big Swole, and she gets to choose however she wants to have this match. So she gets Penelope and Reba, Rebel, whoever she is this week, to uh, be part of it. So it's going to be a three-on-one match uh, against Big Swall. Britt looking better. You know, nose nose is looking good. Leg still has her, her brace on it. But that might be forever now. Um, the Iron Mike Sharp syndrome. Yes. Britt Sharp. <laughs> I, uh, I think she, <clears throat> looking ahead. I think it's a situation where now I don't know is it elimination first of all does Big Swole have to beat them all individually? Who knows? Because if she does, I see her getting past the assistant and then Penelope Ford, and then I see Britt somehow getting the win in the end. But um, Penelope Ford gets two dental checkups free of charge and makeup now because she gets a year's worth of, and makeup as well. So the the year's worth of um, dental checkups. Does that include anything else that may come along? Or is it just the two checkups? I bet it's like just the two checkups. Or just the two checkups. That's a fair deal. Yeah. It's one match. In Reba, you know, the makeup also... Yeah, it's one match. I think the makeup put it over the over the top. That she's winning. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Tony's in the ring to talk about some of the big moments of AEW. He brings out Orange Cassidy. And this is where my mind starts going into overdrive. Because some of the um, amounts that have been brought up, I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? So we're going to have a match. It's going to come down to the rubber match between Cassidy and Jericho. Jericho announced that it's going to be a mayhem, a mimosa mayhem match. Okay? Cool. 80 gallons of orange juice, okay? Everybody knows 80 gallons of orange juice. Cool. That, that's enough. That's, that's in your head. Then they say 500 cases of champagne. Well, guys, when you buy cases of alcohol, like a case of beer is really not even 24 anymore. It's 30. 
You know, so, but when you buy whole bottles, it's 12. So 500 times 12 is 6,000. They're going to have 6,000 bottles of wine. And what's in those bottles of wine? They're about half a liter, right? Half a gallon. So you multiply all that out, you're going to have like 15,000 gallons of whatever above the ring waiting just to be dropped on you. You're going to die from drowning from one of the other. Well, I knew he was going with the mimosa match from the beginning. As soon as he started talking about uh, orange juice and then champagne, I'm like, it's going to be a mimosa match. I guarantee it. I didn't know what the hell that meant. But my question is, what is the ratio of a mimosa? I mean, does he need that much champagne to match the 80 gallons? Obviously, it's way more champagne, but is it is a mimosa 80-20 champagne to OJ? You know what I'm saying? That's, I don't know. Maybe that's why. If, it, if it's 80 gallons, Chad's then it's got to be. Chad's looking it up literally right now. tons of champagne or whatever. Right. Uh, a great interview. It really was. Cassidy doesn't have to say a word the rest of his life, and he's over. We'll let Chad... You're going to look into that? Yep. Okay. We'll move along. Um, another multi-person match. You have three, four, and five of the Dark Order taking on Bucks and Kenny. I I made supper because I was annoyed. Because it was another multi-person match. I made supper, and I didn't rewatch it when I watched some of the other stuff, so... Um, again, this was a little toned down. I, I was okay with most of it, but again, it's a matter of everybody getting their stuff in. Here's the bad. Everybody's going to get their stuff in and a move doesn't put someone down. It puts them where they need to be for the next thing. So like Prior to WrestleMania 1, when I went to Madison Square Garden, Andre the Giant threw the big boot to Jesse Ventura's face, which dropped him on the mat, which set up Superfly, stuck it for the Superfly. I, I get it. He kicked him, landed where he needed to be so that Superfly could do his move. But, like, Omega takes a move, you know, a strike that turns him around. Uh, okay, and there's somebody else there to hit him. But, like, these flips and flops and bangs and bangs, and instead of going down... He's, he turns this way, or he slams over there where he was supposed to be. Once, twice, but like over and over again, it just looks too choreographed to me. I, I don't buy it. Um, I, I did like the suplexes by the Young Bucks. I like the double drop kicks. What I would have liked to have seen, what would have told a great story to me, they wore the masks to the ring this time, Mark. I know that was a pet peeve of yours right. last time, which shows me they're listening. I would have liked to have seen blind switches. It's the oldest trick in the book. The heels do it, and we hate it. The killer bees do it, and we're like, yeah, how does it feel? You got three guys with masks all about the same size. Let's see some blind switches when the ref isn't looking. Yeah. Still hate the young fucks. Bronco Billy Buck and the Brooklyn Brawler Buck or whatever. Twinkle Toes McFinger fuck. Um, wow. One thing that we did forget to mention, tying back into this, is the um, with the FTR match, there's a little confrontation with Paige and FTR, and it's like, you know, what the fuck's going on here? You jump these guys, talking about rock and roll, and 
I see Paige, Paige and the FTR are gonna, they're, they're gonna be the uh, faction. I'm just hoping, and this may not be nice of me to say any day, least of all on a, on the Lord's Day on a Sunday. I hope they beat the ever loving fuck out of Kenny Omega. I want to see his brain seeping out his ears. I think they're, I, I really I just, wow. just beat the shit out of him. I mean, lay him out, you know, uh, fireball, Old Ricky Steamboat getting his face scraped on the concrete. Jesus. Uh, just, just put him the hell out. Um, this leads into another part. That oh, wait, wait, wait. Armosa. Yeah, we'll get in, okay. in a second. The tag team gauntlet match next Thursday, because uh, AEW's on Thursday this week, still preempted by basketball again. The winner of that gauntlet match takes on Omega and Page at All Out. Um... Hello. Is the writing on the wall that it's going to be FTR against Omega and Page? And I think that's where I think Page makes the turn. I think Page makes the turn, and then you can have this six-man match again uh, to set it up. But that's... they can they can go either way with this turn at this point. If they had uh, Twinkle Toes uh, turn on Page. Page is still going to be loved. Right. He's going to be loved even more. Kenny Omega's not get. He's not getting over. No, he's he's not popular. If they have Page and FTR beat the shit out of Omega, it's it's going to be loved. They they are in a no lose situation with this. All right, what's your what's your uh, ratio of mimosa? Surprisingly, it is a one to one ratio when making it up. Uh, really? Two and a half ounce part champagne, two and a half ounce orange juice. Uh, make everything, make sure everything's chilled, stirred, do not shake, and your garnishes are cherry, grenadine, or strawberries. Huh. Interesting. I've always I, made I mine heavier. Like... I've made mine heavier with the champagne. Yeah. I thought it would have been like a spritzer. You know? Like you really More again, wine than. You're bringing those up again. Spritzers, yeah. I like spritzers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Darby, Allen take, Darby Allen taking on Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs is a big man. This man needs to get some uh, some dark matches, some more time. He, he is rock solid. He's a big human being that I could see doing something in AEW. Yeah. Size-wise, look-wise, you know, like height, muscles, and everything, he reminded me of Brian. Is it Brian Cage? Yes. Okay, because Johnny Cage is the guy from uh, Mortal Kombat. Brian Cage, yes. Um, and we see him here very shortly, don't we? We do. We do. He. I, I thought you were going to say Brickhouse Brown or you know somebody like that. Yeah. I didn't know you were bringing Mortal Kombat into the conversation. Uh, Mortal Kombat. Ricky Starks comes out dressed as Darby. Uh, this is where uh, another reference. No, this is not. This is uh, this goes back to the, my teenage child. Ricky Starks comes out and says, "Hey man, I like skateboarding and I like turtles." Guys, if you don't know the "I like turtles" meme, uh, look it up. It's a kid that was being interviewed by like. CNN or NBC or something. Oh my God! It's your last day of school, Johnny. What are you gonna do? I love turtles. That was it. 
So Ricky Starks threw yep. that in there, and I died laughing because I'm a 13 year old boy. That's it. That's all I have to say about this. Brilliant promo. That, that. Great impression. The match was really, let's be honest, was an afterthought. It was fine. You're absolutely right. Hobbs is a star in the making. <clears throat> but this was not about him. This was about Taz orchestrating a devastating attack by Cage and Starks. Brilliant impression by Starks. Great beatdown. Um, I like where this is going. This whole show told a lot of stories, guys. It is really setting things up and making us want to come back and watch more. Yeah, I I know. Oh, shit. You're going to still be in Maine for All Out, aren't you, Chad? What day is it? Yeah. Well, unless I kill something the first or second day. Or <laughs> you kill something the first or second day. And uh, English professor, are you thinking about coming up and watching AEW? That would be great, nonetheless. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just I saying. Thought, but I'll give it a thought. I'm just saying it would be great. All right, Sammy Guevara comes out actually during the intermission break. Intermission break, the commercial break. And he's flipping his cards, and the cards kind of change over to Matt Hardy's. Matt Hardy comes out, beats the snot out of him. Um, you see this for a while. I'm excited about this. Not for Hardy, but I think this gives Sammy really something to do, and hopefully he gets the win to like cleanse his whole soul and move away from Inner Circle. I love him enough that he just needs his own push. He's just been a bitch boy so many times getting beat and everything and in every group you got to kind of have somebody that takes the losses more than the others but i just think it's kind of hurting him a little bit but hardy's one if you want somebody to work a good brutal match a smaller guy hardy is one that can do it and make somebody look great this is a tried and true story of uh, a wrestler who's been around too many years to let some young punk disrespect him. I loved Matt Hardy coming out there uh, and just kicking the shit out of the Spanish God and putting him through a table. Um, I don't know if it was a work or what, but did you guys see Guevara's hand? I don't know if he cut it on the table on the way down. He had to have. Yeah, he had to have. The way that he came flipping through the air, yeah. And this sets up a table match now for September 5th. It does. That cut reminded me of when, y'all remember when Bob Holly cut his uh, back years ago in a table match in WWE? They have it on the <laughs> injury, you know, injuries can happen at any time, don't try this shit at home type thing. Oh, yeah, now you yeah. See, see Bob Holly's back split like halfway down. It looks like somebody was oh, trying, yeah. to, trying to cut the muscle off like they were going for a big fucking T-bone steak or something. That's what this cut, on a much smaller scale, that's what this cut reminded me Jesus of. Christ! He is ready to go hunting, Mark. I know. Um, pop of the night, though. Pop of the night for me was, well, one of the pop of the night. Thunder Rosa shows up on AEW and says, Sheila, you're, you're running your mouth about challenging anybody? Here I am. Let's go. Ah, props to the guru. Props to the guru. NWA, AEW working together. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Thunder Rosa and Sheeta. I really am. Don't forget MLW's in on question. this. Go ahead, Chad. 
I'm sorry, I'm just going to say don't forget MLW in on this because they got Pillman Jr. Yeah. in there. I'm telling you, like I said, this is where this is going when this stuff starts coming back. That was my question to you guys. Jumped ship or working together? You said working together, but then what does that mean for Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, anybody else that might have come over from the NWA? Are they they still part of the NWA or are they in AEW? Would this be a – that's a good point. I didn't think about that. that. This would be a good invasion, you know, behind this. Nobody would fucking see that coming. Yeah, behind the scenes, kind of. Well, not really behind the scenes. That he was Ricky Starks came over first. He was because he was a free agent. Eddie Kingston came over because his contract was up, which is the same thing as a free agent. Thunder's coming over because she just she she just wants a whip. She just asked because she has been talking shit. Uh, you slowly get other people in like that. NWA this, takes over. This is looking like <clears throat> years ago when Ring of Honor was invaded by Steve Carino and the group he called Scum. Yeah. It started out as a couple of rule breakers in Ring of Honor, and then all of a fucking sudden, and this this was a pay-per-view I was at, the 10th anniversary show, and I'm we actually pictures of that. I'm on the video. You're right. Um, unlike some people. But uh, they, everybody... Everybody and their mother came in. I mean, Ring of Honor that night doubled their freaking roster. Yeah. And you never saw... You always had think, oh, the, the dickheads or whatever. They brought in guys that you just never saw, you know, coming. This could be something that they're setting up. Moving ahead. Uh, Nightmare Sisters against... Diamante and Eva Lee in the final of the Women's Cup tournament. I was excited to see the young talent get the rub. Uh, Diamante and Eva Lee, we saw them at WrestleCade. It was great. Um, I texted this to John. I said, "Man, the young the young stars are so much better than Brandy and Allie." And John's like, it's good, though. And I'm like, yeah, it was a great match. Uh, It was a good match. But these youngsters were doing things that maybe Brandy can't handle. Brandy, we love you for what you do. The brand officer, manager, uh, the marketing, this, that, and the other. But Allie's good. Allie's good. Brandy was taking some stuff that I don't think Brandy can take. She's not good in the ring. She, I'm sorry, she's not, she's not, just stay out of the ring unless you're, unless you're getting dry humped by Jake Roberts after you got knocked out or something like that. She needs to stay out of any kind of competitive thing because it just, it just, it just lessens everything or everybody else in the match. Allie's good. The other two were way above and I'd have been personally not that fucking matters but it would have made no fucking sense for Allie right. and Brandy to win right. at all and Diamante sorry I've loved her since WrestleCade there's just something about her um, good good match the deserving people got it I just wish they would have had more 
exposure of this on the main show and not on AW Dark. And on yeah, and on the YouTube channel. Go ahead, John. Uh, you guys said it all. Brandy gives killer promos, I think. I think she's very good at that. I, I said before, I still miss that, that whole shtick she was doing with cutting people's hair randomly. Uh, serviceable in the ring, not great, but Diamante and Ivelisse were just on another level in this match. Brandy looked okay with some of her strikes. Um, yeah, the right team won. I'm still not sure uh, if this nightmare group is... Um, are they heels or baby faces? I still don't know. She she kind of goes back and forth because we see her again here very shortly. I'm talking about Brandy. Now, what does this do for Ivelisse and Diamante? They, they won this cup. Um, there's no tag team titles right now for the women in AEW. Is this just a uh, cool, you won an eight-man, eight-woman, eight-team uh, tournament. We'll see you next year when we bring this back. Or, like, th- there was really no explanation, so... Next matchup, uh, you, want, you want to say something? Because we're running long. No, no, I agree. I, I, I don't think that they, it goes any further than this. They may get a program here or there in the women's division, but we're not going. I don't think we're going to see women's tag team belts. No, I don't think yet. I, I don't, and I no. they they definitely don't need them yet. They they don't need them. Yeah. Hey, um, this is a holy fuck moment. It is. makes <laughs> makes absolutely no sense on a wrestling podcast, but I got to throw this out there. Just come across my screen, Mike Trout's rookie card, Bowman card, just became the highest-selling sports card of all time. This is unbelievable. At $3,936,000. John's eyes are out of his face. This beats the previous one. Was a 1909 Honus Wagner right. card for 3.12. Mike Trout has eclipsed that, and that Honus Wagner card was the epic card of epic cards since your brother Anthony uh, was always looking for one. Not that I'm not saying that we could afford it or anything, right. but just to look at it, I, I remember that. Um, right. I always heard about the Honus Wagner card growing up. Throw that aside now, Mike Trout. And why? I, I I like he's 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 the future. Uh, yeah, he is baseball right now. He uh, really is. I understand that he's a great player, an athlete. And he just became a dad. But what the hell, like, people what? overpay for everything. Get it. People overpay as well. I guess they, they yeah. can overpay if it's going into my account. I got some cards up there in the fucking closet. Cody versus Brody Lee for the TN. T, I almost said TNA. TNT title. Uh, Brody Lee destroyed the living shit out of Cody. There's no reason to talk about the match. It's to talk about what happened after the match. They beat his ass some more. They beat Arn. And they celebrated. Then they beat Dustin. Then they beat QT. Then they beat the shit out of Brandy. And it's time, Taz kept, uh, was it Taz? There's a new order. There's a new order. There's a new order. Uh, we get it, Taz. We, it, we, we get the reference of the new world order. We get it. Guys, this is where I'm going to quote. I was correct. The Dark Order took over, and they're going to run for a while now. This was crazy. Um, yeah, he beat the crap out of him. 
quick one, two, three off a discus lariat. Um, I loved, I like Arn Anderson. I didn't love him getting beat up, but it was a great segment because Arn just did a great job selling this as an old retired man who doesn't have time for this shit. He's like, God, son of a bitch. I thought that was great. I thought it was fantastic. That guy just continues to reinvent himself. Um, this was so good. Anna Jay gets gets sent after Brandy to choke her out. They just put everybody down. They they laid waste to everybody. This was an awesome segment. Beating Cody Rhodes the way he did, I think, was that this a huge surprise. Just beating the shit out of him. It kind of reminded me on a much lesser scale of when uh, Brock Lesnar beat the fuck out of John Cena for the title the one time, just dom- like eight minutes, just beat him from pillar to pillar, post to post, and that, um, yeah, this was this was kind of, I want to say, dark, no pun intended, um, beating him down on the stretcher. I mean, the poor guy had oxygen on, and they're beating the fuck out of him. And where were they getting that oxygen from? I didn't see a tank. Was there well, it could be one of those. It could be one of those squeezy mats, squeezy oh, things okay. on the side. Okay, an IV. Yeah, um, not an IV, you dumbass. Yeah, they have like the, I know. like the ones I you get on the airplane. Yeah. Um, my question is for both of you. I hate you right now. <laughs> I hate you all the time, but that's all right. Uh, my question is: This would have been great to happen at all out. Uh, I'm going to turn this. This would have been great to happen at all out. Because then Cody can take a break for a while. The, the nightmare congregation or whatever the hell they're being called can kind of break up and go their own way. And you can have them all come back. The brothers can be brothers. Dustin can come back as, like we said, the natural and everything. You know none of this is going to happen. Because sure as shit, Cody, Dustin, and QT and or Brandy uh, are going to be it all out. They're not going to not be at their biggest pay-per-view. This is a beginning of the end. I don't think having it at the pay-per-view, because this would have been, I want to say, a marquee match at the pay- at a pay-per-view. So I think having it this way kind of sets up for something, I'm another be beat-down, another odd match at the pay-per-view. Okay, but I'm going to be pissed if they have two titles, three titles, whatever. If this TNT Championship title isn't being defended at September 5th and we get a six-man match with Brody Lee, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, whoever, um, I'm going to be mad because this is one of their... They're pushing the TNT title more... Not more so, but just as much as their main title. What if they say, though, okay, Brody Lee says, you know, hey, you want to you wanna rematch for your for your title... You got to beat us. You got to get uh, a, a pinfall at the pay per view in a six man match, and then in the six man match, uh, I don't know, Dustin fucks up or QT fucks up, and Cody gets beat again or something like that. You're you're furthering the angle. You're kind of. I, I agree. I'm you're just being double yeah, advocate. Yeah. Oh, no, I think they're starting it out right by doing it the way they did. They're going to fester it at the pay-per-view. Right. They want them, They want 
the focus on title matches at the pay-per-view to be Moxley and MJF. Clearly. If they do it this way, okay, you're still seeing your champions. You're still seeing a storyline that makes sense. It's not like Brody Lee walks out and I'll take anybody from the back and they, you know, fucking bring out Marco's stunt. Okay, great. I would have rather not seen him at all than, you know, seen that little fucking ankle biter get a TV match. Go ahead. I, I'm mostly with Chad on this. I think they did it right. This was a great cliffhanger and ender to this show. Um, it makes you want to tune back in because, guys, we saw three different instances of bad guys attacking good guys um, in, like, you know, multiple people against one person. So this was... Or, or, or the bad guys outnumbering the good guys. So this was a great way to end the show. I'm with Chad again that you do get an opportunity to say, here's a multi-man match. If you win, here's what you get. And somebody screws it up and, and it creates another story there. But I have the same concern you do, Mark. I'm getting half a dozen six and eight man tag team matches on a Wednesday night or whatever it is. <laughs> That's not why I'm going to tune into the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view is where I want to see them take care of business one last time, that the two men or the two women who have the biggest beef going, not, you know, six or eight guys in the ring again. So I'm mostly with Chad here, but I do share your concern, Mark. If we get to this pay-per-view and it's another six or eight-man match and the two guys I want to see go at it barely get in the ring together, I'm going to be a little disappointed. One more question for you, because then we'll wrap up AEW, take a break, cover all of NXT in the next segment, Wednesday show and the pay-per-view. Um, where was Colt Cabana? Where was Colt Cabana in this whole thing? I know he's just a Dark Order associate right now, but where was he? Hidden away, so they didn't see, so he didn't see the beatdown. So he never see watches TV to see a recap of this or anything like that? Not if, not if they tell him not to. If they tell him don't watch, he's got to obey orders. Right? If he's a good minion, he won't do what he likes instead of what he's told. Good point. Good point. All right, guys. Uh, Color Noble, our favorite sponsor, has hoodies, tees, shirts, shorts, apparel, all of the words that I just continue to repeat. So we should just say apparel from now on, Mark. Just say apparel. Uh, John, I saw you were repping something earlier this week. I saw a picture of you. I don't know what shirt you had on. I uh, did my first... face of collar and elbow. I did my first TikTok wearing my <laughs> Macho Man shirt with a head in El Snow. So, yeah, collar and elbow. Great stuff, comfortable clothes, awesome designs. Collar and elbow. What's our... Promo code, Chad. Can Crushers. Capital C, capital C. All one word. All one word. John, how much did you save? You saved 10%, which um, for me last time ended up being shipping. And not to go off on a tangent here, Mark, you know how much I love free shipping and free parking. Maybe I've mentioned this before, but when we would go to Pirates games, you're just like, can we just, I'll pay for parking. I'm like, no, we're, we're parking on the north side and we're walking three miles. I'm parking in front of somebody's house, but we're not paying for parking. So parking and shipping are huge to me. And saving that 10% was, was pretty big for me because it essentially saved me shipping. Can Crushers. All one word, capital C in can. Capital C in Crushers. You can save in 10% from Collar and Hellball. We're taking a break, and then we'll come back. NXT Wednesday, NXT TakeOver from last night. And then we'll talk about SummerSlam. Wrestling. 
a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Hello and welcome back to the Can Crushers podcast with me, not the host, Xander Gabriel, but I am a big fan and I want you to stay tuned for the rest of our show. Welcome back to Can Crushers. It is I, the English professor, joined by your host, Mark Martinez and Chad the Guru. Guys, we're going to discuss NXT, both Wednesday night's show and Saturday's takeover. Yeah, let's just kind of brief on NXT from Wednesday night's show because it was a take-home show. Uh... Chad, what are two or three things that you pulled out of this? That's how quick we're going to do this. Uh, I'll say that Finn Balor, uh, Purple Pedophile, Velveteen Dream Match, um, that was kind of the only thing match-wise that, you know, a little bit out of the normal, uh, you know, good match as expected with both of those two. And although some people are going to dog the Adam Cole segment. i just seen Adam Cole have the fire in his eyes that he hasn't had for a little bit. It's like he's flipped since he lost the title. He just has a bit more fire. That's what I took out of it. It, it, was, it was a show. It was a bad go-home show. John? Yeah, I'm with Chad. It was a bad... I'm with Chad. It was a bad go-home show. What I did like about it, though, um, Dakota Kai's match, more so what happened afterwards, Raquel Gonzalez hit Io Shirai with one of the most devastating pump kicks I've ever seen uh, in the entryway, and Shirai took a nasty bump on that on that platform there. Uh, I like Raquel Gonzalez. I like the, um, the Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Blackheart tag team match. Um, I like the work between Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez. I hope we get some some big women matches like Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez or Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez. Um, it's good to see like the larger women getting getting some attention. They're big, they're strong, they're physical. There was a devastating power bomb by Rhea Ripley outside the ring. Uh, Velveteen Dream and Finn Balor they they can't have a bad match if they tried. They're both very very talented. I enjoyed that. I thought it was a weak go-home show. I thought the stuff in the ring was fun, though. The Adam Cole-Pat McAfee thing just went on entirely too long. My son was like, will he just super kick him? Will he punch him? Will he just shut him up already? It didn't make me want to tune in. I didn't believe Adam Cole was going to stand there as long as he did and, and listen to this shit. Eventually, it got physical, but the main difference for me was this was a go-home show for NXT Walk. As we said, while AEW had more time before their pay-per-view to build up some stories, nevertheless, I think NXT was the weaker show. This didn't build up any anticipation for me to want to tune into the pay-per-view. 
Something quick is what we said. Uh, elephant, quick. elephant in the room. Guys, I was actually worried about Johnny Wrestling. That uh, power slam that he took on his head, he had to have had a stinger. You, did John, did you not watch this live? Because I heard that they edited out on on the uh, on the network. Did you watch NXT live Wednesday night? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we watched it live. Yeah. Did you, Chaz? Right, I. You did. I, did you guys miss the power slam from Ridgeway Holland, Ridge Holland, that he landed, he literally on his head, and they, I don't want to say they stopped the match, but like you saw Candice kind of gulp hard, and if this was all a sell, they did a great job getting me, but. I was worried for Gargano a little bit. I'm like, holy shit, that messed up his head. Yeah, the note I had for that was that the whole match was kind of messy, which is not what I would expect of Johnny Gargano. Right. Uh, you brought up one of the things, uh, Dakota bringing back Raquel. Uh, I think that was a big part of the whole story as well, because Dakota's kind of been going by herself, but this week she, she brings back uh, Raquel. And I have to echo you. I really want to see Mercedes against Ripley. Uh, we'll see that this kind of takes a turn at the pay-per-view, though. But nonetheless, that's it. That that's uh, And we're under five minutes. Yeah. So let's switch over to NXT TakeOver 30. I watched this after I watched AEW last night. And I was let down a little bit. I'll leave it at that. We'll leave the grades for afterwards. But first match on the card was Finn Balor against Timothy Thatcher. And this was a grapple match. This was really, this was brutal for brutalness. What I hate about a match like this is that for guys who like it, for us fans, who older fans who like this style it doesn't get the credit with everything else going on that it should. But this was just, this was an old-fashioned match. And it was a great match, but it just seemed seemed a little out of place on, on the card and with today's, you know, oohs and ahs and high spots and shit like that, but a great match. Yeah, there was, you're going to laugh at me, Mark. Go ahead, I don't care. There was some DJ <laughs> in this match. Uh, and uh, what the hell's his name? Sam Adonis' brother. Can never Corey Graves. Uh, Corey, Corey Graves even Adrian? mentioned it. He mentions that there's some straight up jujitsu in this match. This was brilliant. Um, not just for the Matt grappling, but for the storytelling. Finn Balor, guys, is so good. He's so good. He's got a submission hold or, or a basic wrestling hold in his opponent. And he's looking over his shoulder to see where the ropes are. That's a nice detail. It's to see if Timothy Thatcher can reach the ropes or not, or if he needs to reposition them. This told a great wrestling story. Finn Balor's always thinking in the ring. Um, my only thing is, I guess this was a heel program. They both had instances where they healed it up a little bit, so I wasn't really sure what this was trying for. Just on the surface, as a match... Probably match of the night. This was fantastic. I, I enjoyed it a lot. 
Really? Ma- All right, well, I'll get to my match of the night later. But I, I did, I liked this match. I really did. Uh, I said it was a grapple match, and are they doing something with Finn? Because every time he wrestles uh, at NXT, he's extending his lead of NXT TakeOver wins. NXT TakeOver wins. He's got 95 million NXT TakeOver wins, and we're at TakeOver 30. Great. What, what do we need to hear this for? They're setting us up for something that he's got the most weight. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, next Undertaker. One. Undertaker to come in and beat his streak. That means Undertaker's going to have to wrestle every NXT TakeOver for like 60 years. No, I'm talking about coming in and oh, just ending his streak. Ending his oh, streak. Okay. I thought you meant like now the yeah. other. No. They throw stats out there all the time. I know. I don't think this means much of anything. Uh, I'm shocked. John actually wrote this, so I'm going to steal it, that the ladder match was this early in the night. Uh, You have Bronson and Gargano and Dream and Priest and Grimes. They did way too much stuff with the ladder. I'm going to shit on this pay-per-view if you guys can't tell. They did way too much stuff with the ladder. They had 95 ladders in there. They built the pyramids of Egypt. They had... People running. They did one of my biggest pet peeves that everybody in the match jumped over the top rope to everybody on the outside. I don't care. Cool. Once, you know, Balor does it, or and I know he's not in this match, or this is one of Damien Priest's thing. Um, he does it and takes everybody out. Cool. Yeah, Grimes can do it. No shit, he weighs a buck 30. Or, you know, it was just, it was too much for me. It was just too much. And then Candace getting involved. But Bronson's splash from the ladder with, Bron- with Candace on the back of her. Holy fuck. That's, that's a big man coming off of a ladder. Um, you guys talk about the match and we'll talk about the winner. Yeah, I thought it was overkill, too. Uh, a couple of spots you didn't see and stuff that was kind of inventive. Um this is, but though this is what you expect from NXT with this match. I'd rather see something like this than have a ladder match on the normal, you know, SmackDown pro programming or whatever, to where they're not doing shit and they're running out of the way of the ladder and or some dumbass like Orange Cassidy and AEW doesn't know what a fucking ladder match is or something like that. I this match was meh for me, and that's it. It had nice moments. I think if you can have situations where you have at least the majority of competitors in the picture, it'll make it more believable. And there have been matches like that. But like when you have Grimes, for whatever reason, I didn't think too much of it, but he's climbing two ladders. They were next to each other, perfectly centered below the belt. So he's climbing both ladders, and then guys on each side pull the ladder, and he's doing a split, and he's stuck. That's funny. It gets everybody involved. There was a point where Dream went for a pump handle kick to Gargano and missed and got his foot stuck in the ladder. Then, like, Gargano kicks the ladder. That's all good ladder match stuff. I just can't deal with the people taking naps. You know, where, where is everybody else during all this? I just want to see a ladder match where maybe, here's an idea. Four guys make up their minds they're going after one guy. Then I believe he's out for a while. 
Then they turn on another guy and another guy and another guy. And there's one guy left. And they all just give me something where they're they're all involved or three or four people are involved. But when you just had two people and I'm supposed to believe three guys are hurt from whatever the hell happened 20 minutes ago. It's too much for me to buy. I was shocked, actually, when I saw who the winner was Punishment Martinez getting the win, uh, Damian Priest. We'll continue to call him Punishment Martinez on this show forever because he's my cousin. But nonetheless, um, I was shocked. If you guys listen, and thank you for listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. I thought this was Bronson Reed's to lose. You know, I thought this was going to be his big push. Um Damien Priest is somebody that's been around for a while, and he's got his own stroke, kind of, where Bronson has just uh, needed a little bit more. He's gotten some, but I was shocked when I saw Damien win. How about you, Chad? No, I thought this I thought this was his match to lose the entire time. He, it's his biggest. They needed to do something with him. Uh He's a monster. He's so talented. I, I think it was his to lose the entire time. I would have, I would have spun this differently. Uh, I was happy to be one, but I would have spun this um, him losing and then him going more towards the the heavyweight championship, the NXT championship later on in the night. Go ahead, John. No, I, I thought he was my prediction. I think it's too soon for Reed. I didn't think Grimes had a chance in hell. Gargano and Dream have had plenty of success already. Uh, by process of elimination, I really figured out that he was going to win from kind of the beginning. Oh, wow. And who was who else besides Punishment Martinez was going to have that celebration with the hotties in the hot tub? I agree. I agree. Come on. I agree. Um, well, I'll talk about scenario later. All right. Next up is Adam Cole against McAfee. I feel Cole's being punished for something. I really do. I, I don't know. Agree. I thought this was as bad as Carl Malone and Rodman. But McAfee is athletic. I will give him his props. The the somersault off of the top rope and then the jump back to the top rope, kind of without even looking. Um, he took the Panama City rise better than some people have. I mean, it looked great. He looks like he kind of knows some stuff. Like he, But I was more excited to see Mambo Italiano be in uh, security in this match. That's where I was. Mambo was there as security, and I marked out. And I didn't text either one of you to see if you noticed. Clearly, you did not. No. No, I got to go back and watch Uh This... It's like you said, I think there's something going on with Cole. Uh, they're kind of fucking with him a little bit. But my take out of this match, the most, the biggest thing was this shows just how great Adam Cole is. He could, you know, not to take anything from twink, Twinkle Toes and McFinger fucking AEW. <laughs> I didn't know which one you were Adam Cole could. Adam Cole could have a, a match, a believable match with a blow-up doll and a broom and make it look good. And that's what he did. That's what his job was in this match. Was he ever in danger of losing it? No. 
If you would have lost this match, I would not have fucking watched NXT again. Um, but, and you notice he kind of pulled, yeah, he beat him with the Sunrise. Um, you notice that he didn't take the more uh, head strike moves, the Shining Wizard, and that. Um, and I think that was a, a tale of McAfee not knowing how to take those moves. Um, but this just showed Adam Cole's greatness. And fuck Vince if he doesn't like him. Chuck? Um, just two things I want to say about this match. I want to make a comparison. Undertaker versus AJ Styles in the Boneyard match. Styles, I don't think we can argue, one of the greatest ever in the ring. Guy's phenomenal, right? Undertaker, thank you, Mark. Undertaker beat the shit out of him and shit-talked him the entire time. That's a bold move. That's a bold move to have a semi-retired guy really just kick the shit out of one of your major stars and kind of bitch-talk him the entire time. My point is, during this match, Adam Cole has a look on his face like, I don't know what to do to beat this guy. How do I beat this guy? Dude, you have beaten the best in NXT. And you're you're thrown off by Pat McAfee? I wanted to see some slapping going on, some Razor Ramon kind of kick to the head type deal. Like, come on, get up, boy. That's what I wanted to see. You're in my world now. Oh, you thought that this was going to be easy? How's this for a punt? Pow, kick him in the head. Instead, we got the same old story of, you know, his eyes bugging out and, and his hands on his head like, God, I don't know what to do to this guy. And the other thing I want to mention is this. If I am Adam Cole, I am sifting through my contract as soon as I get back to my hotel, finding out exactly when 90 days before it expires is giving fucking notice. Thank you. Uh, I wonder, because you you both brought it up, and I was actually thinking it last night, too. Let, let's not pull punches. McAfee did play in the NFL, so he is a... He was a fucking punter, though. I But listen... Or a kicker, or fucking... Do you think he has... Do you think he has... Do you have... What do you... Do you have a Guns N' Roses shirt on today, John? What the hell yeah. is that? Oh, all right. Oh I don't know why. I just... Guns N' Roses t-shirt. It threw me off for a minute. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I remember those straw hats you wore. Nonetheless. Um, do you think that... Uh, uh, brain fart. Do you, do you think that they stayed away from McAfee's head? Uh, maybe because con- concussion protocol with him being... Um, from the NFL, maybe he has some that we don't know about. So you know, something like that. And McAfee is also a business person. Now, I mean, let's. I just I'm defending him, but I'm also shitting on him as well. Like, is this a one-off? Is he done now? Are we gonna get Darius Rucker or AJ Hawk or whoever the hell those guys Darius are? Darius Rucker, whatever, whatever. Who is with him? I'm annoyed. Uh, are we gonna get him in the ring now to take on the whole? Uh, undisputed era. What what's this setting up for? Or is this done? Is he done? See you later. I think it's done. I think it's done. I I hope it's done. Alright. Darius Rucker. Where the It's f- not Darius Rucker. What was the other thing? I just never mind. Uh Match of the night for me is Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. This was a battle. This was I, I love this match. Uh I loved 
I didn't love the outcome. I would like to see Dakota win, but we still have probably another match. Um, it also sets up Ripley now against Raquel. They kind of face to face at the end. This was great. This was a great match. And I didn't know who was going to win this. This is where I actually sat up in my chair and I'm like, yes, this is, the, the women are bringing it again. I, uh, I'm totally with you on this, Mark. Um, looking ahead, this to me has a Shawn Michaels diesel feel to it. Regardless of who wins, it's like they both have it. Um, so I think there'll be a point either where D- Dakota Kai does have the belt. Um, and what is it? Raquel Gonzalez. I almost got confused. I'm sorry. Gonzalez. I almost said, yeah, I'm sorry. Raquel Gonzalez um, acts as her bodyguard to protect her. Or Gonzalez wins. Uh, the championship at some point. Um, as for the match itself, this was my second favorite match. I'll stick by what I said earlier. The opener was my favorite. This was very good. Told a great story of Dakota Kai being outmatched, outclassed. Io Shirai is, is clearly the better wrestler here. But you just can't match Dakota Kai's tenacity and, and will to win. Um, she just wasn't woman enough to win the belt, even with help from outside, even with the referee being knocked down and, and missing a 30 count. Um, Io Shirai was just the better athlete on this day. And I like what happened after the match. Yeah, this was a, this was a great match. This was by far my favorite match of the entire card. Nothing even close to it. Um, echo everything John said. It, it told the right story. They're just not ready to pull the trigger on Dakota Kai. Uh, having the title. Um, honest, I, I debated about bringing this up, but on a serious note with this match, my one complaint is some of the camera work. Um, I don't know how to put it other than to say there were some crotch shots of the females. These are f- supposed to be fucking professional um, photographers and videographers and that they need to watch what what they're doing and what they're broadcasting because I think there was a, like I said a couple of shots it's just like come on guys really that that's it's it's degrading to a point it's too close yeah it, there was a close shot on Dakota Kai I did have that note too you're absolutely right Chad yeah and I mean I, I you know all joking aside I. I say, you know, how I feel about Mandy Rose and everything like that. Holy shit, is she hot and everything. There is a difference between, oh, my God, they're gorgeous and, you know, soft porn, which was what some of these shots were. At least you toned it down to that. I didn't see your note, but at least you toned it down to that. Moving along. Um, well, the after the match, though, we, we do have to bring up the stare down, right? Ripley and Gonzalez? I did. But okay, yeah. Okay, good. I missed that. I'm sorry. I, I was sipping my coffee. I must not have heard you say that. I said it ahead. This is what I'm talking about. I want to see Ripley and Gonzalez, and I want to see Ripley and Martinez. Well, that's what... We're getting a little bit above. Yeah. Um, I, I think this thrusts more so Ripley in with Gonzalez, and maybe Martinez, I don't know, is she going to be pushed aside, or does, does Raquel jump? Uh, I know you said something about the Michaels Diesel thing, kind of, 
there's a Robert Stone brand kind of wean Gonzalez over now, too. And now they have two bigger women taking on Ripley. And she had a different look. Chad brought that up, too. She Yeah, I was just going to say, question, question to both of you guys. Ripley's new look, to me, makes her look like... I don't want to say a freak, but just gives her that fucking edge to where she's not a female punk rocker or whatever with part of her head shaved and stuff like that. She looks like a fucking freak at this point, and I love it. Because you love freaks. I agree. Yeah, it's a a subtle change to the character, but it's having a... A greater impact. You're absolutely right, Chad. So, as as you heard earlier in the show, John watched everything together. I did not watch everything together. I watched AEW, then I went what? Uh, watch NXT. Gave everything its own moment. Um, so John kind of said, "Awesome, awesome, awesome." I'm like, "Dude, I'm not watching it yet." He's like, "Just wait." Uh, my pop of the night was when Karrion Cross came out. His entrance is unfucking believable Man, that was awesome. It was a rock show, a, I don't know, a, I don't want to say it, wars in my head, that that's not the right word. It, it was just boom! And it was there. Yeah, it was it was witchcraft to me almost. Scarlet scares me. I love like, her. That beginning of that with the fall and pray, fall and pray it just gets bigger and bigger. I'm like, this bitch is psychotic. Um, it, if you guys have seen the movie The Witch that takes place, I think in New England, like in the 1600s, they don't know who's possessed and they're all killing each other because they think everybody's a witch. That movie was scary, and at the end, like, they're kind of floating in midair and, and doing this witchcraft around a fire. That's what Scarlet reminded me of that. She legitimately scared me. Um, as for the match itself, it was fine. Not great by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and I'm surprised we have a new champion. I mean, like, stunned. Went through so much for Keith Lee to become the first double champion. Holds both belts, gives one up, and then immediately loses the other. I don't get that at all. I think Mark and I talked about this uh, on air beforehand, or off air beforehand. Prior to the Sorry, IT yeah. coming to your yeah. house. We had to wait for your IT tech to get there. Um, <clears throat> I think that this is going to move uh, Keith Lee to the main roster um, in a few and we kind of differed on this, uh, out of SummerSlam, I don't think we're going to see both of the titles change hands. I think we're going to see one, and I think Keith Lee moves to the main roster to challenge one or the other, depending on who who wins. Um, The match was passable. I was very surprised that he lost the title as quick, just like John uh, outlined in that, but... He was a transition champion that I think after, and I want to say go back to the Royal Rumble, after his time with Brock Lesnar and stuff like that, that they seen that they have more that they can do with him. 
Um, as far as the, the entrance for Damian Priest, it, it was it was fucking Get freaky. Cross or carrying cross. Sorry, carrying cross. Um, it was freaky. I was like, holy shit! That's kind of you know what little bit of hair I have on the back of my head and neck was standing on end. And this brought me back. This was one of the one of the few things I liked that was ever done with John Cena was when Bray Wyatt had those kids come yes. down to the ring and sing he's got the whole world in his hands. That was creepy shit. This was right there with it. Absolutely loved it. I think uh, you're going to see Karrion Cross as champion for a while. I, I don't think it becomes an Adam Cole run, but it's definitely going to be longer than a Keith Lee run um, since those are the last two. I, he was a huge sign. He was a huge sign by NXT um, from the Indies and everything. So I think it's great. Uh, this is where Punishment Martinez loses the ladder match and is fed up with everything. Uh, I think Punishment and Karrion Cross is a great uh, a feud, and I understand, yes, you know, you can build up to that with the, both titles or whatever. I'm one saying Punishment doesn't need the title. He, he doesn't. Uh, first big feud to solidify Cross as a monster, as witchery, you know, whatever you guys brought up. I think that's where Punishment, after the match, runs in and just lays waste to Cross because he just had a battle. You know, setting up for more down the line. That's something that can carry on for a couple months. Who is Cross going to get right off the bat? Does Lee get a rematch? Maybe a quick one on NXT. But uh, I don't know. You've seen him lay waste to a lot of people. I, go, oh, sorry. I, I'm going to go way opposite. I think these two are going to end up teaming up. Uh, for some reason... Cross and Lee? No, yes. Karen oh. Cross and, uh... You just said Lee's going to the roster, though. Not Lee, not Lee, sorry. Martinez. I think oh. they're going to te- end up teaming up. Because, like I said a couple of weeks ago, Punishment Martinez has that witchcraft, voodoo, Louisiana backwoods look to him. And he would fit perfectly with buried all our fans in Louisiana. Um, he just uh, has that look. I just think that they're gonna team end up teaming up in some way. John, uh, the only other thing I want to say about this match, Mark, I told you this. Uh, Cross reminds me of Kevin Sullivan, and Scarlet reminds me of the Fallen Angel times ten. Um, they don't need to do finishing moves or holds or anything that remind you that they're crazy, like Undertaker does a tombstone, for example. I just believe that these are just Satan-worshipping witchcraft people that drink blood when they're not in the ring. Oh. Alright, so let's rank this. Uh, out of beers, Chad. And it's a six-pack again, Chad. Just refreshing your memory. Um... John will go first to let you know how it's done. John, how do you rank this? You're a dick. (laughs) Main event was okay. Intro and and exits were amazing. Women's title match was superb. And the opening match was great. And there there wasn't a whole lot more. I think it was a five-match, five- or six-match show, guys. 
in any event, I'll give it a beer per good match. I'm giving it three. Chad? Uh, I just, sorry, I just come across something we've got to talk about. Uh, it was just posted, but um, I'm going to go a little bit higher. Uh, you can't discount the Finn Balor match. Um, I, I'm going to go a four on it overall. I'm going to split you both right in the middle. Uh, I'm going three and a half. I, uh, meh for me is always a three and a half to four. So good, you know, you, you start climbing up the roster uh, on our ranking system a little bit more. So I'm going to go three and a half. Um, the entrance gave uh, uh, that half a point that I liked. The women's match. John, I, I echo the same matches. Um, so, all right. Uh, we got a little bit more time in this segment. Chad wants to bring something up. And then we will switch over to the main roster, Raw, SmackDown. We'll do those quick, and then we'll do our predictions for SummerSlam. So what what just came across the timeline there? Um, yeah, this literally just hit. Karrion uh, Cross was injured in his championship win, um, suffered a uh, complete separated shoulder during the match. Um and this is coming straight from Triple H that uh, he was asked if he was just good at his job selling it or if he was injured. And Triple H, after uh, a son of a bitch said he wishes he could say that it was uh, part of the work, but he's uh, he's got a separated shoulder and he's going to see James Andrews. Birmingham, Alabama. In Alabama, um, tomorrow. That sucks. So what? All right, scenario there as we break it down. Do we do we have a squash match on on Wednesday? This is clearly surgery. This is clearly out for some time. Um, we saw it on the main roster where Ruby had both shoulders separated, and she was out for all of a year. Um, uh, Chompa. Yeah. Too. Well, he's he coming, fucking had everything injured. He's coming back Wednesday. Is this where uh, Tomasa kind of challenges him, gets the title instantly? I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine carrying Cross gets in the ring with a separated shoulder. I think he has to give the belt up. Unfortunately. And then we I have, think there's some injuries you can work through, but not that. And do we have? A, we go back to another tournament then. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm going to go with Mark. I think what's going to happen is, uh, don't know who it is. I'd like Champa coming back. This might be a, an edge to go or a way to go, I should say. Um, crosses in the ring, maybe has his has his shoulder either taped up or in a brace, Chompa comes out and says, you know, if you were a real man and not a pussy, you'd defend the title or whatever and baits him into it and then Chompa just fucking kicks him in the head and takes the title. I don't see him doing uh, not, not a not match, for, so to speak. Not a match. It, it's going to be and I don't even want to say a squash. It's going to be like the, you know, Daniel Bryan kisses, AJ Lee turns around and fucking eats a Kane boot in the head. I think it's going to be that. 
Because I, I just don't see him go in a tournament because it's like, holy fuck, you just finished. Yeah, that's what a I tournament. Do. Tournaments are great, but back to back tournaments are are rough. You know, injuries do hurt. I mean, that, that sounds stupid. I know, Mark. Injuries do hurt, but injuries hurt when you've just crowned a champion, and now what do you do? It, there's a shift. There's a paradigm shift coming up in NXT. Uh, Regardless of the five million signatures. Right. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll cover Raw, SmackDown, and then give our predictions on tonight's SummerSlam. And I think we're going to differ. I think we're all going to differ here, and it's going to be fun. Hey, this is Baby Doll, your perfect can. And if you wanted to listen to some wrestling talk, listen to the Can Crushers. Welcome back, all you peons out there in Can Crusher Nation. We got our host, the magical, magnificent Mark. We got the what? road scholar, John, if he ever leaves his house in his IT tech. And, yeah, I'm the guru. I'm here. You are. You are here. I don't, you're going to become magical. <laughs> I don't know. Great. That's just shit to come to my mind. Uh, Ron Smackdown, guys. Um, yeah. I don't know where to go. We said it as we took a, a five. Uh, Raw was complete garbage. Absolute garbage. Uh, this whole retribution thing. Didn't they reveal some of them or something? Yeah, it's posted. Uh, uh, I don't somebody know. was announced. I, I don't know. I Nor do I care. Uh, things from Raw that pissed me off or is... Not even what eight oh seven to eleven oh five, right? <laughs> the hurt business is just too much for me. It is too much, and they're calling out crews. They they try to get everybody. I don't know. Then they get a match in this whole chaos of the 24-7. How many times is the twenty four seven championship going to? change hands during this feud. All right? I, I don't care. My big question about the 24-7 championship, and I thought about this since Monday. Why? Be well, because, guys. No, I mean, like, why have the championship? <laughs> well, yeah, why have it? All right. So it's been documented and said throughout wrestling history, you, you have a championship, you get paid extra for when you have this title. TV title, let's pretend a TV title back in the day, Every match that you defend, you get, a, I don't know, I'm throwing numbers out. Uh, you get an extra 500 bucks. World Championship, you defend that, you get an extra 1,000. Da-da-da-da-da. All right? You know these matches. So if you have the 24-7 championship for 36 minutes of Raw, are you getting paid by the second? By it's prorated by the day. Yeah. So all right, so it's yeah. prorated by the day. The title's worthless, so maybe you get an extra fifty bucks on your thing. So if you I have it for thirty six minutes, you're getting a quarter for having. And my math is not anywhere close, guys. Don't try to figure it out. So our truth having it for that whatever Scott time. Steiner when we need him. Yeah, where's Scott Steiner's math? Um, why do you even want this title? So I'll I'll tell you why. So that this is why everybody's chasing that belt. Mark, you're absolutely right. There's a champion's share. There's also a winner's share and a loser's share. So you show up on Raw. You roll up 
whoever the shit has the belt. Boom. You now have the winner's share and the champion's share. Later on, you lose it. That's fine. In one night, you've made a winner's share, a loser's share, and a champion's share. And how much is that? It's... What does he get? Like a, what does he get? Like some know. fucking McDonald's and Burger King coupons or something? A bag of chips. You get you get to pick your bag of chips before everybody else does. So you, you get can... a free upgrade at Subway for a fucking six inch or something. I don't, right. <laughs> Unbelievable. I I don't know why you would want this. Um, but we all know we all know damn well if we could be the twenty four seven champion for ten minutes on a broadcast, we'd fucking do it. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, the only thing I like about that belt is it's green, uh, because green's my favorite color. <laughs> I, I'm pissed about, you, you brought up Mickey James, she's coming back. Came she, back. She came back, she took a loss. Uh, this match was buried between Seth coming out, yelling at everybody during the match. You really don't see how the match ends. There's TikTok videos, so Ethan and Kelly are there shooting uh, TikTok videos. I, I just... Why bring her back for this and then ruin her? She did think, tweet. Think she about tweeted it. about this, too. Why did they bring her back? Why? Well, I, because all this is in the NWA. And what happened? I don't all know. this and, you know, oh. Vince's dick holder, Pritchard, <laughs> got into it in that, and they. this is a way for them, you know, fuck you. We're going to make your wife look, you know... Like a little bitch, and that's what they're doing. Ooh, she got in an offensive uh, a move, move and kicked Lana. Well, according to the locker room, she's not the only one that's hit, hit Lana. Go ahead, John. Um, I didn't watch this, but I learned something new on this show every week. I've gathered that Nick Aldis and Mickey James are an item. Yeah, they're married for like twelve years. Okay. They have they have kids. Or kid. I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew that. Holy cow. Okay. The only thing I'll say about Mickey James is my wife could never stand her because <laughs> of the bell bottoms. And Cheryl would admit when bell bottoms came back in the 90s, she wore them. But she's like, you know, and, and she would watch it with me in the 90s and be like, I get it. it it's not 1997 anymore. Mickey James needs to change her outfit. She, I think she finally did. I haven't watched it in a while, but last I saw. My wife was relieved that Mickey James wasn't wearing the bell bottoms anymore. They're back. They're back. Oh, they're back now. Oh, God. On her on her spicy ring outfit, the bell bottoms have uh, what the what do you call them? Ripples or whatever and shit in them. I don't even. You're, like you're folded, they're like folded all around. They look like a fucking doily or something. You're speaking of Martinez and myself. Um, there was wrestlers all over social media this week actually blasting HPK because he was in the ring talking uh, about Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton's match. Randy comes out, RKO's him, he gets the punt, and you've seen any legend, the big show, da -da -da, everybody laid out from the punt. HPK takes the punt. And then this rolls into the corner and has googly eyes instead of being knocked out. A couple minutes later, Drew comes to the ring, takes just an RKO, and is good night. Uh, a lot of people have put HBK on notice saying, way to no-sell this whole thing for Randy Orton. Um, once again, it's HBK. He's, he's a dick. 
Once a dick, always a dick will die a dick. He can find Jesus. He can find Muhammad. He can find Yahweh. It it doesn't matter. He's a dirtbag. I never liked the guy. And then I got some flack actually this week uh, on social media as well because Shane McMahon possibly is going to be taking over a little bit more for Pritchard um, and doing more of this underground stuff. And I just, I think it hurts the talent in the ring with this underground because you're actually pushing Dolph Ziggler kind of in the underground and... Next week, when Dolph actually has a match on Raw, and he can't choke out, you know, Tazawa, but he's choking out, you know, the Beast from the Middle East or whatever, whoever these guys are in the underground, I think it's hurting their moves. It's hurting their moves. It's not, it's not even, um, we talked about it before, the, the brawl for it all. It's lessening, it's making the brawl for all look, and it was legitimate, but it's making it look even more legitimate than anything. It's it's just, Shane's deciding when the match ends when Shane wants the match to end and switching people over. I just, I can't get behind it, guys. No. No, it's, it's too much shit. Why don't they just line cars up around and have the Jean-Claude Van Damme fucking fight in the headlights or something like that. Um, it's it's bad. So, the Beast from the Middle East was the wrestler in The Wrestler. Right. He was Mickey Rourke's opponent in the main event. That's why I brought it up. Beast from the Middle East. I, brought, I, I remember yep. some things. Uh, and then you guys saw on Thursday, I was invited to be part of the Thunderdome uh, rehearsal. And I got on, and for 35 to 40 minutes, I got the please wait. I was on, and they said, hey, be on by 8.30. That's when your match is going to happen. Da-da-da-da-da. So Mark's on at 8.20, ready to go. Good to go. Good to go. Good to go. Orders of pizza. Good to go. Have my IT person come? Am I not doing something? Nope, you're good. You're good to go. 8.45, I'm like, ah, I just closed my computer. Done. Uh, uh. Not telling you if you were selected or not. At least pop over a message saying, hey, uh, a million people got on before you. You weren't selected. Cool. I was just sitting there waiting, thinking, all right, whatever. How did they... How'd they reach out to you initially? Was it like public enemy? Did they say, welcome to the goddamn Terradome? Or was it something different? It was an email. I wish it was that way, but it was just a a simple email. That's it. Okay. Um, So then we actually get to see with the Thunderdome, and I've already seen it because the posts were all up. Um, Vince welcomes everybody to the Thunderdome on, on Friday. And then The Fiend comes out. And let's talk about the Thunderdome for one second. I'm not going to spend a lot more time on SmackDown, but... Um, if you watch it, they, uh, I don't know how many people they actually had. There, there was a million cameras in the Thunderdome or screens or whatever. But when Big E was outside fighting, they, uh, they doubled people. Go back and look at the Thunderdome because somebody messed up because they had the same person side by side in like, maybe not side by side, but like, 
one row and the next row up. So I went back, and they had a lot of doubles. So how many people were actually chosen to be this first Thunderdome, whatever? I don't know. Were they already plants? Were they already whatever? Were they real fans? <laughs> were they people that know people in the WWE? I tell you, it wasn't Mark from Camp Crushers. And I wasn't, and there was a list of rules. Don't sneeze, don't breathe, don't talk, make sure your mic's on. That we can don't hear use you title belt, don't say wrestling. Don't have anybody else in the shot with you. If there's noise, we could cancel your feed. Don't wear any other organization. Um, if you'd Which like, Mark didn't do. I didn't. I well. Well, you did. I did. You I, went against their rule. That's why you weren't on. I had my collar and elbow shirt on. Okay, I had my collar and elbow hoodie on, which is black writing on gray. So unless you clearly look into it, you can't see because it's a, it's a very contrasting thing. You couldn't see that it said collar and elbow. It's not like I had my Macho Man one on or my Dusty Rhodes one or even just a plain Jane collar and elbow. Nothing. I had my Detroit Tiger hat on backwards, so it just said Detroit. Oh, that's a fucking reason enough to not like so you. So, it was, you couldn't see what anything was on me, and I made sure, I'm like, alright, I'm not breaking any rules. Because it said, if you have a, you know, a podcast, don't wear your shit, don't... So I thought, at first, I was going to wear a Can Crusher shirt, but I thought, no, I want to be selected. I want to go through this process to see how it is. They stuck, up, yeah. they stuck up my middle fingers at me, and said, go fuck yourself, Mark. So that's what I have to say about the Thunderdome. Um, I, uh, I tuned in, believe it or not. I did tune in to SmackDown. My son said, do you at least want to give it another chance? Should we see if it's any good? I said, yeah, let's watch it. As soon as Vince McMahon came out, you, I, I just, you were done. I was boiling over with hatred. I, I was boiling over with hatred. Last week, I gave you my opinion of how I think he'll be remembered and how I'll remember him. And that I wish him many years of good health. I retract one of those statements. Okay. Um, there's nothing, uh, there, there's some more for us to bitch about. Chad, do you have anything to say about SmackDown at all? Because I want, I have to bitch about one more thing. The only thing that's, I guess, you know, has come out, um, we've talked about the, uh, Sonya Deville, uh, attempted kidnapping, in that um, they're changing the, uh, how can I put it, this the storyline, it's not going to be a hair versus hair match, it's going to be a loser leaves town match. Um, Sonya's pretty shaken up about what went on um, for legal stuff and appearances and blah, blah, blah. Um, She's going to be taking some time off. Uh, so it's kind of like the writing on the wall that Mandy Rose is going to win so Sonya can have the time off. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get to summer. And I can't, I can't imagine. Okay, I own, I own a couple of weapons and everything like that. I still can't imagine the terror that she would have going through something like that. Somebody breaking in. And, you know, there was people saying, oh, she sh just should have grabbed him and beat the fuck out of him or something like that. She didn't know what this son of a bitch had. Right. 
she made she very well in 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 real life is a badass and you know from the looks of this guy he looks like fucking rooster off of the ranch um but she could beat the living shit out of the guy but what if he has a gun and then come to find out all the shit that the guy was carrying i mean he was fucking making ted bundy proud with the kidnapping shit he was carrying I, I, there's no transition that's good for that. John, do you have something to say about it real quick? Yeah, the only the only two things I wanted to say about um, SmackDown after tuning in, they're still, they're a touch sexist, you guys. They are. The guys will go on about, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to beat them up and blah, blah, blah. But you look at Mandy's promo and she's crying, crying as I do the Mark Air quotes, because she and Sonya are good friends, and can't they work this out? That just bothered me. And then Nikki Cross talking about Alexa Bliss, and I've never seen it without me. Oh, it was so annoying. That's it. I just... we're, we're not skimming over this, but we have a new IC champion in the, in the form of Jeff Hardy. He uh, used his knee brace, kind of, sort of, to pin AJ. I think this moves AJ along. Um, my biggest beef, my, my biggest beef is this whole Firefly Funhouse. Bray loves us, Bray loves everybody, da-da-da-da-da, Braun breaks in and attacks them, they fight from here to there, and they make a loading dock. Guys, again, film, <laughs> filming, filming is what it's all about. They make a loading dock look like it's 9 million miles above Mount Everest. Awesome. Cool. Make it however you look. We understand. It's a TV show. It's cinematic. Da 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 da. You throw Braun. You throw Bray off, and he lands two feet in front of you. And you switch cameras, and he's down. Fine. I'm still okay with that. I understand. He's really not falling 900 million feet from Mount Everest. Fine. It's the next part. That pisses me off. Now you have everybody running to get Bray. Jamie Noble just steps off of the loading dock because a loading dock, if it's level with the building, you know, it goes down. A loading dock to me, I'm 5'9 on a great day wearing boots, comes up to my shoulders. John, you threw me off bleachers in middle school, high school, <laughs> that I fell farther than Jamie Noble jumped. Why film Jamie Noble just taking a step off of the loading dock and Braun is, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, Bray is now dead. Yes, if you fall if you fall that far, you're going to get hurt. It's going to hurt. You, you could get knocked out. I understand all that. Don't film them walking or rolling off like they're rolling down there. A flowery hill. The thing is, they have time. Like you say, Mark, it's filmed. These guys are the best of the best. I've said this on the show so many times. Razor Ramon has said, the Vince's camera people are the best of the best. I don't know if they're working us, but this is insulting. My son is 10 years old, believes in his heart of hearts. And he was like, Dad, you see his feet in the previous shot, and then in the next shot, he's 20 feet away. 
I can't believe it. I, I just, I can't believe it. And you're right. Then how is he just like, boop, takes a step off when we're supposed to believe he got thrown where he got thrown? Guys, come on. This is unacceptable. It, it's just not acceptable. We recorded better shit with our camcorders. Um, the other thing I want to say is this. I was in a car accident. I was put in an ambulance. Paramedics don't, they're not like, come on, you fucking dick. Hurry up already. It's unrealistic. The way they're yelling at each other. Can't this thing move any faster? I don't know. You're the paramedic. You want to know this shit. They picked them. It's so ridiculous. They picked them up like each guy had a limb and just no neck brace on this each guy had a limb and just like flopped uh, him like a piece of like a like a dead deer like if we were getting ready to cut up a deer like deer's head uh, uh, dad's I, gonna be more careful with whatever he shoots than they were with a living person geez, i'm gonna be shoot i'm gonna be shooting with a tac tacticam when i go to maine next week and i bet you i do a better fucking job that bear dying is going to look better than any shit they put on there. You know, I it, at first I believe such great camera work when Braun was tipping over the fucking bus and lifting and everything. I mean, you know, to the untrained eye, you couldn't miss that six-inch fucking cable up over the back of the truck. Or the wife's going click, 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 click. It's like these. Oh, my God. These. This is. So we're going to transition and give us. We're all gonna watch Just go to fucking predictions. We're going to watch the show tonight on uh, SummerSlam. I might have to come back down and watch this and get drunk then. Uh, yeah, I need to do more than get drunk. All right. This is from uh, Bleacher Report. We're going to go down the way that they have them listed just because Bleacher Report, yeah, it's just the easiest one I found. Um, Braun Strowman against The Fiend. In now a Falls Count Anywhere match that, how, I I figured the last one, the Swamp match, that's kind of like a payoff one. So now you're going to, why not throw him in a cage? Why not throw him in, I don't know, a, a Hell in a Cell? Though here, this is the same. Yeah. This is the same thing minus the swamp. That's all it is. This is the same match minus a swamp. Falls uh, count anywhere for the universal championship. Uh, I'll go first. I think Bray wins it back, and I think Alexa Bliss has something to do with it. Uh, John. Um. Uh, well, as Michael Cole said, he, Braun Strowman found the passageway to this parallel universe. Oh, um, I think that's going to help him. I think he uses the power of... Grayskull? Passageways of what? Grayskull. The power of Grayskull. Yeah, the power of Grayskull. And uh, I think he defends. I think Bray Wyatt... Uh, or, I'm sorry, Braun Strowman successfully defends. Oh, maybe he's finding that. Who's the uh, girl from AEW that's out the alien? Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander. Maybe he gave her a call. Um, that yeah, this that last match sucked. Uh, the the fucking swamp rat match or whatever the hell it was. Um, Bray Bray wins. It's a def. I 
think Alexa Bliss uh, gives Braun the finger. You don't you don't uh, care about me or give a shit about me. And she kicks him or right in the nuts, gives him the finger, and that's how Bray wins. Bleacher Report also has Bray winning. Uh, street fight match. It's Dominic Mysterio against Seth Rollins. Uh, do you first? This is a can crusher prediction. Do we see kendo sticks? Yes. Yes. The shredded ones, not the fucking real ones. They got to have the ones that look like haystacks. Small haystacks. Oh. Um. I don't know. I really don't know. Ray is back. He came back Friday night. Or Monday what night. What the hell was that shit coming out of his eye? It looked like that Eddie Guerrero or Hector Guerrero fucking costume from WCW where he had the bug eyes or whatever. Yeah. And I I think I think you're gonna see everybody that Seth ever done wrong in this match. I think this is giving Seth a little bit of a break, and we might not see Seth until. Roar up! You, yeah, Chad's already shaking his head. He hates my prediction. I, think, I don't hate it. I, mean, I, I think Mysterio wins, and Seth takes a little bit of a break. I think Seth wins on the interference of Samoa Joe. I think Samoa Joe turns on the Mysterios because it's been too. I love Samoa Joe. If you haven't, did did you see his uh, commercial? Yeah. Okay. Fucking love him. Dude is, he, he's cool you know, another one of these guys that are so good at what they do. Um, but it's been too much of him being in Rey Mysterio's corner. Uh, so I see Samoa Joe, you know, probably fucking nutting uh, Mysterio, Dominic, or even slapping him in the coquina clutch, lifting him up and... Pushing him to Seth Rollins. John? Uh, I think Seth Rollins wins. I think Dominic puts up a good fight, but it may even be a situation where Seth Rollins should win on his own merits, but resorts to some underhanded tactics. Raw Tag Team Championship match, the Street Profits against Andrade and Angel Garza. Oh, uh, Bleacher Report had Dominic winning. I, I, from what I'm reading, is the Street Profits want to, you know, break up, and Montez wants to kind of do something with uh, Bianca a little bit more. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, in for God's sakes, I don't care. Uh, if it puts something on Selena and she's out there, great. Yeah, I <laughs> honestly, I, I don't know if Garza and Andrade is a team to lose to. I don't know. But I don't know if there's a team to lose to. But I say the Street Profits retain. I, uh, this is probably the match I want to see most on the pay-per-view that I don't really want to see. I'd like to see uh, Andrade and, and Garza win. So I'll, I'll go with them. Yeah, I'm go- obviously going with them. All right, well, Bleacher Report went with if, them as well. I was just saying, we got to cut John off if he says this is going to be the match of the card. No. <laughs> the next match is the United States Championship. Cruz against MVP. Cruz is going to win. I, 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 that's all I want to say about that. Cruz is going to keep the title. This needs to move on. I don't care. I hope it's a 
double D. Double car accident in a fucking parking lot, and they both fly into the dumpster. Jesus. Cruz just <laughs> never quite caught on. I don't know what he's missing, but never quite caught on. It factor, whatever the hell it is, as JR would say. Um, oh, jeez. No, I'm, I'm going with MVP. Bleacher Report has Cruz winning. All right. Uh, both women. Asuka has to face Bailey. Bailey's matches first. And then Asuka has to face Sasha uh, later on in the night, if not directly after. I thought Sasha was going first. No, Bailey is. Yeah. Um, Asuka will win a match, but will not win a title. Both titles stay with the women that have them. And I'm not saying which one. I, I, I really don't know. Either either way, I, maybe Oscar wins the first match and then she gets jumped and then, you know, Sasha gets the easy win. But... I think she beats Sasha for her belt, but not Bailey for hers, and that creates friction between Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with what John said. I think the thing is gonna be is Sasha's gonna uh, try to interfere to help Bailey, and it's gonna it's gonna backfire. It's not gonna cost Bailey the match, but it's gonna almost cost her the match, and uh, then Bailey's gonna try to return the favor in Sasha's match, but it's actually going to cost her the belt. Uh, Bleacher Report kind of has what Chad says. So, uh, No disqualification. Loser leaves WWE match. Mandy and Sonya. We kind of covered that already. Um, just because what's going on, um, uh, Mandy wins. I, I, yeah, I think we are. Yeah. Uh, Orton against McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Uh, I, I think I think Orton wins this. I really do. I think Orton wins this, and I, I think because they want Drew maybe at next WrestleMania to get the pop um, from the fans. Because no disrespect, during this whole quarantine time, it's. He didn't get anything that he deserved for the the pop of him winning his championship uh, coming back after the long told story of being fired, being the chosen one. Da, 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 da. I think they want to give him that. This is the way to get the title off of him. Randy's a great person to do it with. Uh, again, helps his legacy even more. Um, I don't know. There's more opponents for Randy Orton than there is Lucky Charms. Um, Scotty McQuarrie. Scotty McQuarrie. Uh, so I think I think Orton wins it a, a right along the same lines with you. I don't think Drew's, and it's just fucking timing. Um, I think he's just gotten the shitty end of you know this rain or whatever. Uh, who the hell? Speaking of Drew, who was the girl that he was dating when he got fired in WWE? That got fired before him. It wasn't Kelly Kelly. It was somebody else that caused shit, and she got fired, and then Drew got fired. I don't remember. John? You should have brought this up. I, that was when he was taking yeah. a timeout. 
But, uh, yeah, I think Orton's going to win this one. I agree. Um, I'll go one step further. I think the, the experiment, the Drew McIntyre experiment, has failed. They're going to go back to something tried and true in Randy Orton. I don't know that, that McIntyre gets his back at WrestleMania or some point in front of a crowd. I think they're moving on. I think they have Hornswoggle come down and help Randy Orton. Speaking about people coming down, this is uh, a prediction. I want well, a question. I'm going to ask both of you guys: Which match does Retribution jump in and actually cause havoc in? I already have one that I think, but uh, what? Where does Retribution come out? Because they're not leaving them off of this pay per view. They're not leaving what they're trying to make their biggest angle right now off of pay per view. So where do they come in on the card? Anybody? Uh, I I've followed this so loosely that I I can barely wager a guess, but it's going to have to be something important. Um, I guess maybe in the uh, Randy Orton match. Uh, I'm. You think Randy Orton too, Chad? Yeah, when if you wouldn't have put the caveat on there of them pushing it as much as they is, they are. They is. They is. Um, I I would have gone maybe a different way, but that kind of just really makes sense. And I think this would be the thing because this would give something Drew for Drew to do. You know, for a couple of months or whatever, is you know start taking out the. Uh, Marco stunt midgets under a mask. Um, I, I think the Randy Orton match too. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say they do something during the tag team match to kind of take out um, one of the. I, I, it's just to take one of them out. I, I really think that's the way that maybe the Street Profits, because I said they're going to retain, but uh, maybe they retain tonight, but. Somebody gets hurt uh, because of that, and they have to get the titles off of them because the separation of the Street Profits, I really think, is coming. I, I really do. Um, it, it's I, I know we talked about in NXT an injury angle with Cross being legit ang- uh, injured. I think this is a way that they get the, tights off, the titles, not the tights. Jesus. The tights? Where the hell? The titles off of uh, the Street Profits. Uh, at a much later date, I don't know what he's looking at. He's probably ordering. It looks like he's in games. a fucking plane or something, you know. Yeah, I don't know. So. I I have my little miniature figure set up just the way I like them. While you guys are discussing WWE, which is not my thing, but I can't find my Bret Hart. I've got Owen, Shawn Michaels, Vader, Sid, and Undertaker. I don't know where the hell Bret Hart went. <coughs> Boring me. Speaking. Sorry. Of- Speaking of which, so that's our predictions on SummerSlam. Did you guys notice that uh, WWE has ten, been taking a lot of Bret Hart stuff off of the network because he actually owns the rights of it? He also, some of those shoots he's been doing lately are not that old. They're, they're fairly recent. I love the guy in the ring. I love him. Uh, he's my favorite, but he has gone back and forth with his love-hate relationship with WWE and, and and making peace with them to going back to saying Triple H is a piece of shit cocksucker. I hope he dies. I, I don't know what's going on in this guy's head, but I'm not surprised they're starting to distance themselves from him. 
Um, and as far as like Owen Hart's uh, matches and, and everything they have recorded that, that Martha won't let them share, that's still a sticky situation. I think both sides are right. And I think both sides are wrong, but eh. but I, I'm not surprised they're distancing themselves a little bit because he's had some harsh things to say. I'd, I'll go with John on that one, so, saying about you know him flip-flopping back and forth. You know, at first you can think that these are angles or they're pushing for something or whatever. Uh, I think that time is gone. Um, as much as I hate to say it, I don't think it's going to be too much longer before it comes out that Bret Hart has uh, early signs of dementia and that from, uh, you know, CTE and brain damage and that. Wow, that's, that's bold. All right, guys, uh, let's wrap this up. Do you guys have anything else to add? Uh, John, you've already said that you're now the editor of a book in Australia. Chad's going hunting this weekend, so we'll be uh, all Skype, both of you guys, this weekend uh, from Maine, Pittsburgh, and the studio. Um, what's up? I got nothing this week. Nothing, uh, nothing out there. Me neither. Me, of course. Very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. I I watched, uh, I spent some time watching some some shoots, listening to some shoots. Stone Cold's pretty amazing. Um, You know, I didn't like the guy because I was such a big Bret Hart fan, but he tells an interesting Owen Hart story. Um, They didn't get along. They really didn't get along. And it's an interesting insight into the fact that when somebody's gone, it doesn't automatically make them perfect. He was a flawed human being, and Austin was pissed off about the broken neck and the money WWE made off of it and that Owen made off of it. Um, it, it it's a good listen. You can find it. Jim Ross chimes in, too, about he still feels Owen was a good guy who made a mistake and had a tough time facing it. When you've got all those brothers and your dad with a lifelong career legacy on never hurting anyone and you broke a guy's neck. He said he couldn't face Jim Ross said Owen could not face stone cold after that. Never called him. Even Brett couldn't believe it. He would be like, you have to call him. You have to apologize. You have to go check up on him. And he was like, yeah, 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 I will. And he just couldn't bring himself to do it. But Austin was, was hurt emotionally for a long time after that, that, that Owen never checked in with him. Great listen. If you guys can find it on YouTube, it's out there. Guys, wrestling's open up across the board. AEW announced that they're going to try to have fans here. A limited amount of fans. Uh, As we said, we'll be at IWC this coming Saturday, and uh, we'll give you the recap um, as we do. Uh, excited for that. It's it's called uh, Feature Presentation. You're going to see Jack Pollock against Jimmy Vegas Part 2. You're going to see... Uh, Team Big League taking on Steak and Eggs, and we have half of Steak and Eggs. Xander Gabriel coming on Wednesday show. Guys, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at CanCrusher69. Um, let's say, let's start getting your questions in for in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll make sure Chad's back from Maine and everything's set up, but you might as well start sending your questions into CanCrusher69 at gmail.com for our next can crush, Ask Can Crushers segment because it'll be time. Uh, other than that, um, 
I just I do have one, and this is quick. This is even quicker than John's, surprisingly. Jock Sampson, you fat bastard. I I'm I'm going back with my you know, I want a match with you. I don't care if it's an arm wrestling match or whatever, you know. Man, just fucking man up. Quit hiding behind Chris LaRusso's freaking hey now. Uh, dress and everything like that. You know, quit being a puss bag. That's it. I don't know how we end. Remember, Chad, just because you're trash, it doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called a garbage can. Not a garbage cannot. Chad has been playing with these new business cards the whole time. My nerves are fucking... You are antsy today. See you Wednesday!